Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I just want to say happy Australian Father's Day to all the men in the church. It's a Father's Day weekend in Australia, but it's Mother's Day the same day all around the year, so what can I say? All right, so for the next uh, few, for the past, sorry, few weeks, we've been looking at baggage, and uh, we've looked at addiction, We've looked at emotional baggage. However, the big question is, what do you do when your baggage is there in the morning when you wake up? It has been uh, a lot easier, or it is a lot easier, when uh, it's just addiction or it's an emotional thing, but because uh, you can discipline yourself, you can try and fix it. But what about the feeling when you wake up in the morning? What about the feeling when you go to bed? What about the feeling that you carry around with you every single day and it gnaws at your gut? And so for many, that feeling, that feeling is depression. The harsh reality is that your life and my life will one day be drastically affected by depression. It may be a daughter, it may be a son, it may be a mother or father or a distant relative. might be your neighbour next door. But the reality is it might be you. And the crazy thing about depression is it happens for so many different reasons. The death of a loved one, being involved in a serious accident, acquiring a significant injury or disability, divorce, separation, loss and grief. So here's the deal with depression. It's, it's a silent killer. You wake up in the morning and you can't get away from it. You, you're at lunch with your friends or with your workmates and it's constantly nagging at your gut. You're out at the shopping mall and you have this consistent feeling of despair. And so what do you do with that? Well, we try and hide it. We walk in a place... Like we walk into a place like this and we never tell anybody what's really going on with us. And so you show up at your friend's house and you fake it. You don't want them to know what's really going on with you. When, when the reality is they're probably suffering or struggling in exactly the same way. The more you try and hide it, the deeper and deeper into solitude that you go. And you have these dreams of who you want to be and where you want to go and what you want to do. But because you're trying to hide your problem, people and friends move on. And you don't know what you need to do and life gets so busy and so loud and you begin to hit the wall. If you can relate, relate this morning to any part of this for yourself or for a loved one, I urge you this morning, please take notes. So one of my favourite things I like to do with uh, the little grandkids is to put on a mask and then jump out from behind a couch or from behind a door and scare the life out of them. <laughs> there was a time when that was really, really effective, but now they're 16, 13, 14 and that, and they're really savvy now. 
Now they just retort and say, we know who you are, Pops. We're not stupid. And the other one, will, one other child will, 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 uh, will chime in and say, yeah, Pops, we're not stupid. And then they dive on me and they wrestle me to the ground and they try and rip the mask off. They grab and they tug at it. And then in a moment of clarity, as I fight back, one of them says, Pops, why don't you just take off your mask and be honest about who you really are? And out of the mouth of babes this morning, I think that so many of us need to take off the masks and be honest about who we really are and what's going on in our lives. For some people, that will be depression. Maybe it's not depression for you. Maybe it's perpetual sadness or maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety and you wake up every single day and you've got to deal with that with, with, with one or a multiplication of these things. So here's where the rubber meets the road this morning. If you want to get free from depression, you need to take off your mask. Take your mask off. And you've got to be honest about where you are. You've got to be honest about what's going on in your life. So number one, if you want to be released from depression, you've got to seek help. Now, I don't know what it is that you are going through. It could be a a multitude of things. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe you're in a financial bind or you've got guilt and unconfessed sin. But here is what I do know this morning, that you can't do it alone. I'll say that one more time. You cannot do it alone. That's what causes these anxieties. That's what causes these fears that develop into depressive conditions, hiding things behind a mask so no one can see the real you. So in the pursuit to hide everything, you suffer loneliness. We weren't designed to do life alone. God built us and made us to do life and to live in relationships with other people. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 to 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can pick him up. But pity the man who falls as some as 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 pity the man who falls and has nobody to help him. Though one may over be one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When we were back in Melbourne, Australia, from time to time, one set of, of three sets of grandkids would come over and stay with Nana and Pops. Here we are. Alex, Michaela and Cooper. Cooper's the little one. And so... I would take Alex and Michaela on a Saturday uh, morning to go and watch local football game at the community ground. And for some reason, they just love to like, they love watching big, hairy, uncoordinated blokes chase a football around. And uh, when the match was finished, everyone either left or went into the club rooms. And so we were just left sitting there um, by the trees, under the trees in the shade. And on the ground were all these sticks that had fallen out from the trees on the ground. So I said, do you think that it would be easy to break these sticks? 
do you think you can? Do you think you can break the sticks? And so Alex and Michaela would pick up a stick and each one of them would break the stick and Alex being a boy obviously had to include all the sound effects. And so I said, you know, it gets a little tougher if you put two sticks together. And so Alex grabs two sticks and says, I know I can do it, Pops. And he lets out a big elongated primal scream and snap, he finally breaks them. Michaela's just happy running around breaking single sticks all over the ground. That's okay. And then what I do is I grab three, four sticks and I say, okay, Alex, let's see if you can break these. And he goes for it. His face goes red, veins are popping out of his temple and out of the side of his neck. And then he gives up and says, Pops, I can't do it. I can't break them. There's too many. And you know what? I think that's such a great analogy for life. And that's exactly what the scripture says. If you try and do life alone, whether in tragedy, whether under pressure, you're going to snap and you're going to break. But if you bring people into your life, person after person, you're going to be strong, a strong strand in a cord, and you're not going to break. Now, some of you are sitting there and you're saying, man, he's talking about me again. I fly solo right now, all the time. I'm flying solo. I have no friends. I have no relationships. I need some relationships. So where do I go? Where do I go to find those types of relationships? Well, I'm glad you asked. One of the things you can do is be a part of a small group. Small groups are safe places where you can take off the mask. There are several groups that are connected with our church and connected to our church. If you read the bulletin, you will find out. There's Women's Fellowship, which meets every Wednesday at 10am. There's a Men's Fellowship that meets for a monthly breakfast. The next one's September 16. You can even hang around for coffee hour on a Sunday. That's a great start to do. The point is, small groups are a safe place where you can be honest, where you can take off the mask, because there is only so much pressure we can take before we snap. But if you start to surround yourself with people, you're going to make it through. So first thing, connect with a small group. Connect with a supportive community. The second thing is accountability. Have someone in your life who cares enough to ask the tough questions. How are you going? Why have you blurred the lines in that relationship when you know better? Why are you looking at that stuff on the internet? How are you treating your husband? How are you treating your wife? Some of you need accountability in your lives. So first thing is to connect with a small group. Second thing is accountability. Allow someone into your life who will give you some tough love. The third thing is a spiritual mentor. Someone that's uh, a little further along the journey than you are. That can coach you and give you some wisdom. Someone who can give you some insight and real help. And direct you on the path that you are heading down. These first three should be part of every healthy Christian's life. Being part of a small group, having some accountability, and having a spiritual mentor, a person that helps you discern and encourages you. 
Now, remember what we said at the start. Depression and depressive feelings get a foothold into our lives when we hide behind a mask. So the first three are preventative, which means they are healthy choices. The next two I'm going to mention are prescriptive. And we are still very much framing this around Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can pick him up. But pity the man who falls and has nobody to help him. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So the fourth thing is Christian counselling. The reality is perhaps you've been through some kind of abuse, perhaps physical abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, maybe even sexual abuse. If that is you and you're having a hard time getting past it, I really want to encourage you to seek help with some Christian counselling. And if that is you, please come and see me after the service or contact me through the week and I can talk, you, talk to you about different options that you can take. So first thing is to connect with a small group. The second thing is accountability, to allow someone into your life that will give you some tough love. The third thing is a spiritual mentor, someone who will give you insight and direction. And the fourth thing is Christian counselling, only if you need help getting past abuse. And so the fifth thing is a little bit more controversial. So let me couch it this way. When allergy, dirt and fungus start to build up inside a swimming pool, that means there is a chemical imbalance inside the pool. And the only way that you can treat the imbalance is to shock it with some chlorine. And so just like a pool can get its chemical its chemicals way out of balance sometimes, so can people. Maybe you are in a situation where you feel like you are imbalanced. And medically, maybe even you are. So let me explain all the intricacies or the intricate the, the intricate nuances. So so but basically the, the, the neurotransmitters in your mind get muddied and lose clarity and that in itself can cause anxiety and that can cause fear. So in those situations a medical professional will prescribe an antidepressant that will start to clear up things inside your mind so that you can start seeing things a lot clearer. This in turn gives you vision and hope for life, which you engage, will help you engage in the first three preventative interpersonal interdependent steps. And hopefully if you need to go to step four as well. Now some people say if you have to take prescriptive medication then you just don't have faith. But the thing that I want everyone to remember this morning is that God made the hands that made the medicines. Medicine that can possibly bring you to a place where things start to look a whole lot clearer. A clear place where you can then start to take steps, to step out and have a healthy Christian life. So we've looked at five areas where I pray that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to take off the mask. 
If if you're tired of being lonely, if you're flying solo, and you know that you need help, then the challenge this morning is to take action. Now, for some of you, it may be Christian counselling. For others, it will be just simply a matter of taking off the mask and getting involved in a small group and being accountable. Whatever that is, come and see me and I will help to encourage you and help to engage you. Because when you begin to take action in some of these areas and you begin to seek help, you're going to see a release from depressive feelings. Now, there's a great scripture that I'm always drawn to and it encourages me every time I read it. And it's, this, it's, it's, it's a scripture in Mark chapter 2 that highlights what the church should be all about. Beginning in verse 1, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above. Jesus, by digging through, digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He blasts, he's blaspheming. You can. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts and said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. So here's a man. He's broken. He's stricken and paralyzed. And it was heard all around that Jesus was in town. While Jesus is in the house, the message goes out that the gospel has the ability to change the human heart. Otherwise, they would not have been, they would not have brought this man, this this paralytic to Jesus. Can you imagine being this man in our text? He's paralyzed and it's an internal condition, but the evidence is He's crying out, he's sick and somewhere... He has heard about Jesus. Right here we see the church in action with these four men. They're going to try to get this man to Jesus. The interesting thing in our text is that they got him so far and now there's barriers. There are literally hundreds of people in the way and they're trying to push their way to the crowd or through the crowd but there's no access to Jesus. These men tore away that which separated this man from a miracle. They disassembled the roof. What about you this morning? What do you need to tear away? What mask, what excuse is hindering 
your change, your healing this morning. There will always be excuses. Excuses are like what? Belly buttons, aren't they? Everyone has one. The issue is, will you deal with them? Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that I want to pull the roof off for you. Yeah? I want to pull the roof off of your life. I'm here to help you get to Jesus. The big question is, will you let me help? Will you let me help? They uncovered the roof and they lowered the man down. Jesus looks at the man. Up until now, he's a paralytic, isn't he? He's broken. Have you ever had people call you by your problem? It's like you don't have a name. Oh, yeah, the crazy guy. Oh, her. She's bitter. Oh, you mean the crippled guy? Oh, the drunk guy. Oh, yeah, that angry guy. Do you get my point? People will call you by your problem. Look at Jesus. What does he call him? What does he call him? Jesus called him son. He didn't call him the cripple. He didn't call him the spastic. He didn't call him pitiful. Jesus didn't call him by his problem. He spoke into his life and he called him son. Listen to me. When God looks at you, he does not look at you as you are. He always looks at you for what you can be. Did you get that? You are not who people say you are. You are who God says you are. Jesus said those powerful words, your sin is forgiven. Take up your bed and walk. He says, take up your bed and walk. Listen to me, beloved. Real deliverance happens when you take control over the things that had control over you. That bed had control over that man in our text. The bed, the stretcher, dominated and dictated where he would go. And what he would do, it limited his life, it defined him, and it qualified him, and it disqualified him. Real deliverance this morning is now you have the power to do what you can do and to let God do what you cannot do. He didn't just get up and walk away, but he took dominion over that which had dominion on him. He took control over that which controlled him, that which identified him, that which they called him, the paralytic or the spastic. Jesus said, I want you to take dominion. Take up your bed and walk. Today, it doesn't matter if it is your fear, your anxiety, your addiction, your depression, Jesus says, you now have power over that that used to have power over you. You have power over self-pity. You have power over rejection. Now you have charge. You have dominion over that that, that used to carry and determine you. This man in our story, he knew that Jesus was the healer and a deliverer. Jesus' name is also Jehovah Rapha, which means that he's the healer and the deliverer. 
If you are going to, or if you're going through depressive thoughts or fear or anxiety or even clinical depression and you want to be released, then you need to seek Jehovah Rapha. Because very often, there's nowhere else to go. It takes us to actually wake up and seek Jesus. Now, seeking Jesus sounds like, a very, sounds like very elementary information this morning. But the reality is that so few of us really do it. And so what we need to do is when we go through depressive times and, and anxiety and fear and perpetual sadness, we try and fix it. We, 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 we may eventually come around and, and, and go to Jesus, but before that time comes, we try to fix it ourselves with self-medication. We self-medicate with sleeping pills so that we don't have to deal with it. We self-medicate with work. We work harder and harder so that we don't have to deal with the pain that's inside us. Maybe we self-medicate with a loud and a funny mask we, we, we might self-medicate with sarcasm so that we can just kind of laugh our way through life we self-medicate with the internet we self-medicate with porn which is just a false intimacy to make you, to, that makes us, tries to make us feel better about who we are we might self-medicate with alcohol we self-medicate with illicit drugs it's, it goes on and on but Psalm 147 verse 3 says he heals the broken hearted and binds up their wounds. If it's anxiety, if it's worry, if it's fear, if your boss is on the brink of becoming a psycho and you just can't handle it, if you're lonely and the list goes on and on and on, it says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up the wounds. I want you to know this morning, beloved, that Jesus Christ is the physician of your soul, the great physician of your soul. And he wants to so delicately take his healing ointment, his healing balm, and deposit it deep into our wounds to heal us and to set us free. And so in your heart of hearts, you're saying, that's me, Pastor, that's me. I can't keep going on and living the way that I'm living. Well, today, Jesus is the healer. He will set you free. He will give you a peace that passes all understanding. He will give you a place in, a, a place in your life that you, a peace in your life, sorry, that you never had before. Listen to the passion of these words from, from Scripture as the music plays softly. Isaiah 61 verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the captives and release from darkness for, for, for the prisoners. To comfort all who mourn. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And oil of joy instead of Mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Instead of shame, a double portion. Instead of disgrace, an inheritance and everlasting joy will be theirs. This is why Jesus stepped out of eternity and came to planet Earth and disguised himself as a man. The Creator wanted to be with his creation. That's you and me this morning because he is intentionally, intentionally passionate about us. 
He came to this earth to heal the brokenhearted. He came to this earth to heal your pain. And if you feel like you're shackled or imprisoned by addictions and struggles that you can't break free from, in fact, you can't go to that place of wholeness, a place where you want to be, I declare to you this morning that Jesus is here. He's got the key. He can unlock all of that. And he's good at setting people free. And that's why he came to planet Earth to release you and I from our pain and to give us a peace that passes all understanding. So let's bow our heads as we pray this morning. God, I just pray that you would bring us all to a place of healing in our lives. If you continue to pray and keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to talk to everyone for a moment. This morning you're a Christ follower. And maybe you've been following Jesus for a year for six months, for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years, for 25 years or more. But you have never experienced true freedom and joy that comes from being a Christ follower because your life is ruled by anxiety, your life is ruled by fear, your life is ruled by depression. Maybe you have walked away from God and you're feeling guilt from that. I want you to know that Jesus Christ wants to heal you And he wants to set you free. You're here in this place and you're saying in your heart of hearts, I just want a fresh start. I want a clean slate. I want to be able to start over. I want to know this freedom. I want to know that joy. If that's you, I want want to get before God. That's what you're saying. If that's you, I want to get before God. Amen. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you're saying, Pastor Neil, I'm a Christ follower, but I just need you to pray for me because I need a fresh start. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want you to just raise your hand right now quickly. Amen. See those hands. Just as a sign of faith, raise that hand up. Amen. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. As we continue to worship and uh, lift up God's praise, please just stand. Those of you who lifted your hands, please stand and come to the front and come and meet me at the front. I want to pray with you.